With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, And I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Volume. Looking to get more out of the NBA season? Well, now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. The promo code is always Colin. FanDuel has tons of betting options. I like the same game parlay. Bet a little, win a lot. FanDuel's app is safe, secure, easy to use, and you get paid your winnings really fast. The no sweat first bet up to a thousand bucks. Promo code Colin. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-HOP P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Draymond Green Show. This is our third episode of Season 2. And I think we're rolling right now. We had Stephen A. on last week. I hope everybody enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed uh, holding the interview. It was very fun sitting in the opposite seat of Stephen A and asking him all the questions you want to ask. We all know what Stephen A does on TV, so I thought that was dope. And this week, we got the one and only, the first six-man that was really making six-man popular, and then Lou Will came in and took it to another level. Jamal Crawford, we have him on this week's show, who's also a new, a new teammate of mine on the Turner side of things, as we all know. He's he's returner now. He's on the Tuesday show. I think it's so great to see someone that loves basketball, that knows the game as well as Jamal on TV, because he just has that. He's Jamal Crawford still has the love that a child has for the game of basketball. Like, you go through all this stuff, man. You go through college. You go through NBA. And... The challenges, right? It can lessen your love. It can make it more of a business for you. And even someone like Jamal Crawford, who career maybe didn't end quite the way he wanted to end, um, still has that adolescence love for the game of basketball. And I think that's always refreshing. So to have that on your TV screen every week, I hope you take advantage of it. But first, definitely uh enjoy this week's episode and we're going to bring him back for part two because he actually was getting ready to go on TNT and we had to cut the interview a little short and there was so many more things to talk about so I will make sure we get that delivered to you but for this week I hope you enjoy what's there and over the next couple weeks we got some amazing guests lined up so make sure you subscribe to the show if you haven't already stay locked in if you love the dubs, you know that January is a key month for us. 
big matchups at home against Phoenix, Brooklyn, Memphis, and on the road against teams like Boston and Cleveland. Gonna be a lot of fun to watch on television, but what if you actually could be at those games? For last minute amazing deals on tickets, not just to the Dubs games, but your favorite NBA team, check out Game Time, the fastest growing ticketing app in the US. And it doesn't stop with the NBA. Game Time has tickets to the NFL playoffs, NHL, and college basketball games. Even concerts and comedy shows too. So if you're in New York and you wanna go see the Knicks take on Cleveland or the Lakers, Game Time has you covered. Or if you want to see Adam Sandler live tonight, this weekend, anytime soon, download the Game Time app, create an account, and redeem code GREEN in all caps for $20 off your first purchase. Terms may apply. Again, create an account, enter the code GREEN, that's G-R-E-E-N, for $20 off. No matter where you live, get out and have some fun this week. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. But let me get into this week's top of the show, which is, number one, as we all know, the Golden State Warriors, myself, uh, my wife, who I was actually extremely happy, was able to attend with me. We went to the White House yesterday, and it's my second time back, although I've won four championships. As you all know, we didn't have the opportunity to go in 2017 and 2018. Now, you know, they'll say, hey, they weren't invited. Um, Quite frankly, it's cool to say, oh, you're not invited after you say you're not going. Like, if that's what makes you feel good, then great. And that's kind of what happened to us. So I don't think it was quite because we weren't invited. I think we turned down the option. And then we're not invited became a thing. But quite frankly, didn't want to go those years anyway, although the experience of going is absolutely incredible. But as you know, experiences are also made by the people that you attend them with. And so our experience yesterday was absolutely incredible. Um, The hospitality that President Biden, um, our VP Harris, um, Kamala Harris, by the way, the hospitality that they showed us was absolutely insane. I mean, from the band that they, I mean, they had a few instruments from the band playing on the first floor when we walked in, went up the stairs, and it was a full band playing, and and they're playing We Are the Champions when we walked up, and then just the different tunes that they were playing uh, their outfits almost looked like the Nutcracker outfits. I, I'm pretty sure they probably were the Nutcracker outfits. Um, I mean, it was such an incredible experience, and everybody was so nice. They were so open. Uh, I, I'd say, the, you know, obviously you meet the, the president of the United States, the vice president of the United States is going to take the cake. But one of the most interesting people that I had the opportunity to meet uh, was President Biden's head speechwriter, Vinay. And he was so informative. Uh, any question that I asked, I actually had the opportunity to speak with him at dinner a little while the night before our visit after the game and just asking different questions. And it was such an incredible experience. And I think, you know, for, for me personally, I enjoyed it because I didn't ask the questions from uh, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, or you're doing this right. I more so asked these questions from essentially from a dumbfounded space. Like, I really wanted to know these answers. I didn't have an opinion on it, so my questions weren't framed a certain way because I had an opinion on certain things. It was just things that I wanted to know. And he And he shared things that, um, I won't share on here, but that were really, really enlightening to me, enlightening to me, and also very informative. Like, I felt like I learned so, I mean, conversation started, we were standing, we probably stood there for an hour and 20 minutes, just my Steph, Steph, myself, him. Uh, Steph's godbrother, Sai, actually works on his speech writing team, which was absolutely incredible. 
um, Chris, who worked in the Obama administration, and just asking questions and the willingness to answer those questions were absolutely incredible. So I want to thank Vinay for the experience and, and things that he shared and, and taught as well, because that was absolutely amazing. He actually introduced me to uh, President Biden's head advisor on the Ukraine-Russia war, which I had some questions for her as well, and she answered those questions. I, you know, in politics, sometimes we, we watch these things on TV and you don't really know what to believe. You know, you don't know. You look at one station, they're saying this. You look at the next station, they're saying something totally different. And so just to be able to get that firsthand insight was absolutely amazing to me. And oh, by the way, for you Michigan fans out there, I said the head strategist on the Ukraine-Russia war for President Biden that I had the opportunity to make, meet Michigan State Spartan. And that had to be one of the highlights. Uh, my wife's obviously a Spartan. So for us to meet her and, and ask some questions and have that Spartan green blood at the White House was absolutely amazing. And, and, it, and it was really a highlight. And so those were some of the best people that I met. And don't don't get me wrong, we met incredible people. I think the job that they've done on uh, putting an administration together, the people that they have around. One thing that I was really, I was really impressed with is the youth that they have in their administration. Like, you know, everyone looks at President Biden's age and, you know, his age is getting up there. But I think to have so much youth around. I think for me as an American citizen myself, that was very comforting because, you know, so many times you get into politics and and people are much older. And how do they relate to what a 24-year-old thinks, just a 24-year-old American thinks? But to see that there was so much youth up within the administration, it's very comforting to know that they're getting that perspective. And it's not just the perspective of, some 60-year-old or some 50-year-old, uh, although 50 is no, I don't think, but it's a totally different perspective coming from generations. And the youth that they had around, I thought that was a huge thing. As an American, I left there and was like, wow, that, that's great. Like, that, that made me feel like uh, my point of view will be heard. My, my voice will be heard because they're all right in the, trenches, if you will, of life that we're all in. You know, I'm 32 years old. There's 30-year-olds. There's 28-year-olds. There's, I met some 24-year-olds. Like, it's just so to have those different perspectives around in the White House, I think, is absolutely incredible. Um, within this, I want to give you a, a behind-the-scenes look of just how it all went down. Uh, the transportation, we took two buses arriving. Uh, buses get searched. They come on. You, you're not allowed to get off the bus until your IDs are checked. It's not like you're getting off the bus and they're checking them outside of the bus. Uh, it is as tight as you'd imagine. Um, and then you enter those gates of the White House, and it's like, wow. Like, it, it, it produced no less of a feeling than it produced the first time we went in 2015. And, you know, to see how tight the security is, how dialed in they are. It's amazing. Like, to, to understand how high of a level that they're working at. Like, they're protecting the president. They're protecting the vice president. They're protecting our Constitution. The things that they're protecting and the level that they're working at. Like, when you walk in, you... You know, sometimes you walk into certain places and, and, and you feel like the security is overdoing something. When you walk in, you just know, like, no, I need to go about it this way. And they make you feel like it's going, like it's no games. And as you'd expect, I thought, I thought that was amazing. We got in. One crappy part about the day was we had to walk a long ways because the buses aren't going all the way up to the White House. And it was raining. So that was the one crappy part. Uh, but in saying that, you get to the White House, 
and that was great. Uh, I know Steve publicly said that uh, some players and coaches has sat down and spoke about us in a couple of different meetings. Uh, I think one was on gun violence, one was on voting. Uh, I didn't actually sit in those meetings. Um, I know Steph was in uh, some of the meetings. I know Steve was in some of the meetings. I'm not actually sure who else was in those meetings, but I did know some of those was taking place. And quite frankly, when you have the opportunity to go to the White House and you care about some of these issues, what better time than to use the access that basketball has given you to speak on some of these issues? And and I thought that was absolutely incredible that, you know, guys took advantage of the opportunity and it wasn't just about showing up to be honored um, for for what you accomplished in basketball. Uh, My personal experience uh, my personal experience, like I said, was incredible. Uh, the one thing that I loved most about it was being able to share uh, that opportunity with my wife. Uh, my wife, my wife, having the opportunity to take a picture and meet uh, Vice President Kamala Harris was incredible. My wife uh, in college wanted she she actually wanted to pledge AKA. Our Vice President is an AKA, and so just for her to share that moment. Um, to to take in that experience, for us to take in that experience together in our first year of marriage, absolutely amazing. Um, she was very stunning in her all pink, uh, what do they call it, Barbie core? Or I think that's that's the term for it. Absolutely stunning. Made me look good, which I need and I'll take. So thank you to my lovely wife, Hazel. It was an incredible experience with you, my love. But that was great. Uh, the food was great. I actually got a chance to go in the kitchen and meet the head chef. The food was absolutely amazing. Uh, they had drinks. They had, I mean, the hospitality that they they showed for us or, sh- or showed us, had for us, gave to us, was absolutely amazing. And I, and I tipped my hat to them on that. And, and I was talking to a few people on the administration, and they were just saying, President Biden is really big on hospitality. He feels if someone comes into your house, these are the things they should have, and that's how he makes sure the White House is ran. And I think that's absolutely incredible. Uh, you you know, what, one of the biggest things, you know, we've talked about this before on not meeting, um, not meeting your hero is usually a letdown. To go to the White House and it not be laid out the right way from a hospitality standpoint would be like meeting a hero and it being a letdown. So super thankful. Uh, the way they rolled out the red carpet was a great experience. And then also another thing that you love is to see the guys and women who's never been there before. Um, it's not quite as drastic of a difference as a player winning their first championship and someone else winning their second or third championship. Because I'll tell you, as someone who's been before, It's still as amazing. And another thing, by the way, another touch that was really incredible that I was happy I was, uh, we had the opportunity to see were the Obama portraits are now up in the White House. We had the opportunity to see First Lady Michelle Obama's portrait. It's absolutely stunning. We had the chance to take pictures and see uh, President Obama's portrait. And to see the portrait of an African-American woman and an African-American man in the White House like that, it, it's, it, I'm getting chills right now just thinking about it. Um, as, a, as a young African-American man, that's something that wasn't possible before. And so to see that was absolutely incredible. And it's, it's just something that you saw and you really felt good about. And so overall, um, the experience was great, and I have to say my experience this time was even better than the experience last time. And that's tough, man. The last time we went with President Obama, like just that alone in, in itself is like. But uh, like I said, it's about the people that you're with. And I think for me, what took the cake was just sharing that experience with my wife. So that's kind of a quick rundown, if you will, of our White House visit. Um, I hope, you know, if you haven't had the opportunity to visit the White House, set up a tour um, and see what you can see because it's nothing like it. Uh, I mean, it is a one-of-a-kind experience. And just knowing all the history that, that, and, and all of the decisions that are made in, in one place 
absolutely incredible. So if you get the opportunity, you're in D.C., definitely try to check it out. I promise you, you will not regret it. And, oh, actually, lastly, when President Obama, excuse me, when President Biden decided that he was going to take the knee, and by the way, I had someone ask me yesterday, like, was there any significance in him taking the knee? I'm not someone that tries to make something more than what it is. What I honestly think it was and thought it was, was that level of the stage is lifted above the riser that we were standing on. So if he stands there, he's blocking someone. And trying to squeeze in, I think, would have been even harder than him taking the knee at his age and getting up. When I saw him getting, when, when I knew it was time to get up, I actually wanted to step onto the riser and help him up. But you're in the White House, and you don't want to make a sudden movement next to the president. So if you kind of look at the video, I kind of like start to go, and I pull back. Then I reach my arm, then I pull back. Ultimately, want to help, hand a helping hand to our president and make sure he's well and he gets up well. But on the flip side of getting tackled by the Secret Service, I don't think that would have been good. So I stayed back. But know that my heart was in the right place. And then lastly, I'll, I'll share this uh, with my experience. I had a long conversation with um, our Vice President um, Kamala Harris. and. The gist of our conversation or the topic of our conversation was the game chess. I don't know how to play chess. It's, I've started to learn the game and learn, you know, I know what the pieces do now, but obviously, you know, the strategy of it, I'm still not quite there yet. But we were speaking about chess. She learned how to play chess from her uncle as a, as a, as a small child. And I asked her a question. I said, has it, which sparked our, I, we probably stood there and talked for 25 or 30 minutes, which is, amazing in itself. I said, has it been everything that you expected it to be? And her eyes lit up and smiled from here to here. And she said, and more. And we went into, you know, a, a little bit of what she's experienced, but then we went into just life and, the, and, and it led us to the game of chess and how in life, like the game of chess It's very much like the game of life. There are a bunch of different pieces on the board. They all do different things. No, they're all not equally as important, but the movement of one, the protection of one, is equally as important to the makeup of the whole team. And it's just so many lessons from life that we spoke about that you can take from that. In chess, if you're looking one step ahead, you lost. In life, you can't just look one step ahead. You got to be four or five moves ahead. And so we, we, we really discussed that, and it was great. It made me want to learn the game of chess more. So some of you grandmasters out there, if you're a subscriber or listener to the show, please reach out because I want to learn. Um, I do understand that in life, but I also want to learn the game because I need to beat up on Klay Thompson like Ty Jerome has been doing. So that was my experience from the White House. I hope you all take the chance, if you can, to go check it out. It's unbelievable. That is going to be it for the top of the show. Uh, but before we get out of here, as you can see, the curtains have been closed. But there's an unveiling taking place. What is that unveiling? That unveiling is I am sitting in the room that all you people complained about me doing a podcast during the NBA Finals. I am in the great city of Boston. So you can see Boston, the city of Boston behind me. And as you all know, uh, our listeners that's been here, you know, those of you that haven't and you're new, thank you. We love you. Hope you stay. But Jackson, our producer, is a big-time Boston Celtics fan. Well, we all know that sucks because they lost us in the championship. They also lost to us a few weeks ago now, a month ago, about a month ago, a little over a month ago. And um, 
Jackson today in my in my rundown of my topics of what we're going to talk about on the show, he puts on there, should we make a bet on the game? And I couldn't help but to think, I beat these people in a world championship. He's paid nothing. I just beat these people a month ago. He paid nothing. Now all of a sudden he wants to make a bet. When we're coming to Boston, quite frankly, you know we can win on the floor. <laughs> Celebrated on the parquet floor. Only second team in history. So we know that. But I'm going to tell you what he's thinking for our listeners out there. What he's thinking is, ah, Warriors been struggling a bit. Ah, their record on the road has been it's, it's a little rough right now. So we're going to sneak a win. So let me sneak a win in this bet. But where was that bet in there in the NBA Finals? Where was that bet before our road record starts sucking? Where was that bet then? We don't know. So he's trying to take advantage of the situation. Quite frankly, my out is I can't bet on Warriors games, brother. I can't bet on NBA games. So you just enjoy it as an L as it's going to come. But if you have an opinion, we would love to hear it, Jackson. I was just thinking a uh, new year, new pod, new season. Maybe we could uh, have a little friendly wager on the game, but you're right. You can't bet on the game. And I thought, you know, Jalen Brown's hurt right now. I figured we'd have to even the playing field, you know, Celtics in first place, Warriors struggling on the road. Might Jalen Brown out might seem a little bit more fair, you know, but you're right. You're right. You're right. We'll have to see, what, how, what we'll have to the, see how the game goes, and we'll come back next week. I have a question week. for you. I have a question for you. What did the Celtics finish the season um, in the Eastern Conference last year? First place. Sounds familiar. That's a wrap from this episode of the Draymond Green Show. They're in first place again. We weren't in first place last year, but guess what? First place. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm honored to have this next guest. It's actually a guy who, when I came into the league, I came in and I came in talking. I came in hot. I came in talking a bunch <laughs> of junk to everybody. And to be honest, a lot of guys really didn't embrace me. And it's like from the very first time, I'll never forget. Um, he didn't drop me off with a couple moves, as we all know he do. I foul. He go to the free throw line. 
and and he like embraced me and I and that's something that I'll never forget because it was someone that I've always watched growing up as a child, looked up to the way he carried himself and you know when 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 I say growing up as a child and not watch you're going to hear this and be like, "Ah, oh, your game don't resemble his, but the the professionalism and the way he went about his business and the way he carried himself um, is, is what I always honored. And then obviously dropping 50 like nobody's tomorrow. You got to respect that. Honored to have this next guest, Jay Crossover, Jamal Crawford. What's up, my brother? Man, that's a heck of an introduction, bro. I don't know if I can top that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> it takes me back to when you started, like started your journey. And it was at a time where you had the David Lees and the bets right there in front of you, right? But the way you grinded, mm-hmm. the way you can look in your eyes, see you wanted more. Your goal wasn't just to make it to the NBA. Your goal was to, I'm here, I'm leaving my mark. And I mean, looking back, what you've done. Like, we got a Hall of Fame resume now. Like, looking back. Crazy. He did the hard way, like out the mud. And that's to be a part of and appreciate it. And to be a source of inspiration. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For all the kids out there. Everybody can't Absolutely. be stuff. Everybody can't be clay. But you, if you grind and, and commit to it and put your heart and soul into it, who knows the magic can happen. So it's, it's dope to be out here with you, bro. I appreciate that. As you know, you come into these interviews and you kind of got these lists of questions. And one thing that I've learned uh, in doing this is just like you 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 follow the the interviewee. And so you just mentioned something about getting it out the mud. And it's something that I have a lot of respect for you for. And being from Seattle, uh, the way that you've given back to that community and how strong the basketball presence is there. You know, when you're talking Rainier Beach, your high school, you, Terrence Williams, Kevin Porter Jr., DeJounte Murray, like the pipeline, you go back, you start a, you start a pro-am in Seattle, like, and everything that you're trying to give back, where does that come from? I know Seattle's a hotbed for talent, but where does, like, you wanting to give so much back to that community come from? Because I think it's honorable what you do in the community. I appreciate that. I think my sister told me something a long time ago, and this when I was a kid. She said, "When if you ever come to a money or fame, whatever it is, you become a bigger version of what you already were. So if you were an asshole, you're going to be a bigger asshole because you got more money. If you were a giver, you're going to give more because you have more access to give. And so for me, I didn't try to live up to that, but she kind of explained to me what I was feeling, what I was thinking. When I didn't have nothing and I had Ten dollars. If I saw someone on the street, we had been, I give them, you know, five on it, and be like, I'll figure it out later. That's just always been in me. And so, fast forward, when I had the opportunity to, to see um, the impact it could have, you know what I mean. And Doug Christie did it for me. I don't deserve all the credit. He did it for me. And I used to work out with him, and he'd be like, "Man, come work out with me." I didn't have his phone number, Dre. I didn't have his phone number. I didn't have no contact. I never asked him for a dollar. I just wanted. What he had so bad, I said, just teach me. Just, like, show me how to be a pro. He was the first person I've seen wearing ankle weights training or, or having a phone roll. This was back in 96. He had a phone roll. Wow. Like, can't have a phone roll. And so I'm like, oh, that's what pros do. They're in, okay, they're in the best shape. They take care of themselves, right? And so I'm looking at all these things and collecting data. And for me, that was everything that changed my life. So I said, you know what? If I make them do the same thing for the next one. And that next one was B-Roy. That next one was Isaiah or Nader or Terrence, or Kevin Porter, or DeJounte, or Paulo, or Ronnie Stucker, or whoever it is, and all of them didn't make it to the NBA. And I, and I take just as much pride in those too, because they became successful, you know, citizens or whatever they chase, whatever dreams they chase. And so I knew it changed my life, and I knew I wanted to have that impact, and now they're doing it. You know, Zach Levine as a kid in ninth grade, you can call him and say, can you break down the skill for me? Or can, I work out, can I work out with you? Right? And those things are life-changing, you know? So I just think, that's what makes a difference. It's not the crab in the bucket mentality. It's more kind of ecosystem we create. I think that's incredible, man. You you sitting here naming all these guys. I don't think, like, when you start talking of, you know, L.A., Seattle, Chicago's, and you say, put a team together from those cities, New York, Michigan. Uh, Michigan, Michigan yeah. is, I mean, like, when you put a team together from Seattle just by itself, that team probably can compete with any team you can put together in the NBA. Where where does that where does that come from? Like, how did Seattle become that in basketball to where y'all just spewing out talent like that? That damn rain, day when we out there, we in the gym. You know, it's just, it's always rain up in Seattle. It's always you know what outside. So we we definitely just in the gym all the time. We lock in the gym, and, and for Apollo, 
specifically. I'll, I'll use him as an example because he's the last one. He he walked the same streets. He was in the same community center. So it was nothing for him to see us all in the summer run. Come on, jump in the run. You know what I mean? Like, bro, I had I had one run. I had DeJounte, Kyrie Irving, Zach Levine, Matisse Thibault, Spencer Hawes, Mr. Late Great Bill Russell, the icon on the side watching. I got a young Paolo Ben Carroll playing at 16 years old in this run. So for him, it was nothing to, to, to see these things, to be exposed to it. And then take it further, my son, my nephew, you can be like, man, I know, forget you guys. That's Paolo. That's the high school star. I can, I can accomplish that one day. He's, re- he's reachable. And Paolo understands and all of us understand our responsibility. So we all support each other. Like if, if DeJounte got a backpack giveaway, 10 of us are going. If Nate Robinson has a bowling tournament, 10 of us are going. Like, and that's just what it is. I think that's what makes it special. When I was in Chicago, Tim Hardaway was over here. Mike Finley was over here. Um, Juwan Howard was over here. I saw them in the gym together, but I didn't see, me personally, I didn't see too much else where they really were collabing on stuff. And that's what we do. Now that's incredible. And at your at your pro am this summer, uh, DeJounte, who who is very prideful and and I mean, extremely proud. I love DeJounte, he's, man. He's I, a guard version of you with that pride. He's the same, <laughs> same call. Same call. Hey, I love DeJounte. When, when I first saw him as a rookie, I'm watching him play. And I went up to him after the game and I said, yo, we couldn't stop you. The only thing that I could do to stop you was just sag off. Work on your jump shot, young fella. You work on your jump shot, you're going to be an all-star in this league. And I'll Sorry. never forget that. And, and we've built a relationship that, like, I am close to DeJounte. I'm only close to a few guys in this league like I'm close to DeJounte. Like, I got so much love for him and, and love seeing him doing well. When he made All-Star last year, I felt like I, I was that was my first time you making All-Star. Yeah, you yeah. know? And, yeah. But at the Pro-Am this summer, he and Paolo and DeJounte being as prideful as he is, you come in this league, you're the number one pick. I need to see that. And they had their thing spews over the social media did you have to step into that as as the big brother once it spews over to social media and talk to them like, hey, man, we ain't doing that. We're going to compete. But at the same time, we got to have each other back because that's how you keep that pipeline and that tightness going. You, what you just said was the exact message. I'll tell you a funny story. I was in Dallas. I was coaching my son and coaching the kids. And my phone on the plane and my phone is like text messages going crazy. Man, they got into it, this, this, and that. You want to Jay Prince this to step in. I'm like, man, look, they'll be fine. And I gave, I, I talked to both of them the exact same way, the same message you said. And they both felt how they felt because they're both competitive. But at the end of the day, kudos to both of them because they understood the big picture and the big and what we've all created. Like we've all played a part in, in making this place something special, you know, because we're not like other cities where sometimes you root for a dude, but you don't root for him to do better than you. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I root for him, but. I ain't really for them that much. You know what I mean? And it's different up here. And so they understood the big picture. They worked through it. And to see both of them, you got an all-star in DeJounte, a future all-star in Paolo, and a whole generation of kids following both of them. And those two are, have led with that responsibility. It's, it's unbelievable. That's a big brother to both of them. I love to see. Yeah, we can have differences. That's what big brothers and little brothers do. That's what we do. That's just what it is. But we can work through it and continue to move forward and push the culture forward. Absolutely. I think that's amazing, man. And, and just speaking of Seattle, you leave Seattle, you go, not even going to mention the school you go to. Uh, that's a whole nother story. Hold on, hold on. Matter of fact, I think I owe you a few hundred from the football bet years ago, but it's not, that's not important right now. How do you not go mention Michigan? You got to mention, or you ain't got to say the word if you don't want to. Say amazing. Michigan dude. State? Something. Michigan State? Nah. See, I got love for Big Horn Mateen. When I see Mateen and Mo Pete and the Flintstones, I, I acknowledge that. You acknowledge the fab and what we got. As, as, as I got so much love for you and so much love for Jalen and C Webb. There you, know, you go. Manny Harris, Deshaun Sims, the list goes yeah, on and yeah. on. It's nothing oh, you know, but love you know, for oh. you guys. But the school? Oh my God, man. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Now, it hurts. You 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 go off to school and Right off the bat, you get suspended. Um, what was your suspension for? And what was your mindset once you received that suspension? So, Dre, coming up, I wasn't like, nobody had ever heard about me until I was 16. 
So I was the kid. You know how they be like, man, there's a kid right now busting his ass at a playground. They got to kick him off the court, working on his game, and you here sleeping, whatever, you know, a coach try to use his motivation. I was Absolutely. that kid. So nobody knew about me until I was 16. I was still working on my game. I was in the backyard. I was, like, really getting better. And so once I jumped on the scene, and I had a lot of making up to do. I, got, I, I was in the eligible my freshman year of high school. I was in the eligible my sophomore year of high school. I was in the eligible my junior year of high school. I made varsity as a freshman. Doing the wrong wow. things, being with the wrong, you know, crowd and all that. But as, as fate would have it, I started getting help when I moved back to Seattle from L.A. And that was with tutors, with clothes. Like, we don't come from nothing. But the help I was getting wasn't from, like, a, a booster. It wasn't from alumni. It wasn't from the AAU coach. I wasn't even on the scene like that. And when I went to Michigan, proudly, when I went to Michigan, <laughs> they said I broke a law of amateurism. And I had never even heard of that. I'm like, well, hold on. This guy doesn't fit into any one of those modes. He wasn't just giving me money saying, here, go flash and do what you want to do. Like, this is stuff that's helped me be a productive young man. And so they, I got suspended. They actually dug into that, saw I did nothing wrong, and I got reinstated. But at that point, I put my name in the draft. And when I put my name in the draft, honestly, I wasn't even putting it in to leave. I just wanted to see go through the process. I thought I would leave the next year. Like, let me just go through and see what I'm going to be up against. At that time at camp, dudes were still playing. Like, the top dudes were still playing. Uh, so I went there and, and killed camp. And that's when my name went from second round and not being drafted to now I'm a lottery pick. In two wow. days. In two days, right? And so from there, it was so cold. I was on such, like, a roll that they was like, look, teams like, you even got to work out when you come here. Just come talk to us. I'm like, yeah, Joe D in Detroit. He was one I went and saw Mark Cuban in Dallas. Like I was going different places, and they were just saying, "Look, just talk to us, and we'll see what happens." But yeah, that's that's what happened. Like it was a dude that had nothing to do with basketball. To this day, he has nothing to do with basketball, and they they kicked me out for that. That's incredible, man. And now you know you look you look you look at you know the landscape. These kids getting rich nowadays, which I absolutely love. Like you got guys. Yes. Literally going back to school making two and three million dollars, which I think is incredible. Yeah. But what what do you actually think of the NIL? Because you know, as good as it is for a kid to go make two, three million dollars and still be in college, there are some downsides of it as well. You know, and 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 I don't mean downsides as far as like kids having money and they can't manage it. People have money and can't manage it every day. So don't give me the they're right. in trouble because they can't manage money. That's that's bullshit. But you know, where you can't really go for the A-list um, type companies because the school has a deal with them and those different things. What do you make of the NIL uh, nowadays, especially as someone who essentially, I mean, you didn't even get knocked for you selling your likeness, but yet right. someone that got knocked and faced the NCAA in a different in a different way than most do. You know what's crazy, Dave? If, 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 if the NIL was around 20, 25, 30 years ago, Think about how many kids would have stayed in school. Think about Absolutely. how much more money the NCAA would have made because now you're removing the pressure of this kid. Like, damn, I got to help provide for my family. Damn, I can't even get extra money to go to a movie because that's against the rules. I ain't got it. Like, so if they remove, if it's handled right, they have the right, you know, parents and support system around them. It's handled right. You can get that money and still not be in a rush to go to the league. You can not be in a rush to make some of the decisions that are made. Like, you can, you can. Set up shop, depending on how much it is, you may be able to set up a small business. You can be able to set up stuff later if basketball doesn't work out. But you're not, the pressure of my mom's lights may get cut off. Like, what, we got to pick between paying the light bill, eating, and my 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 sister's uh, school tuition, whatever it might be, it removes that pressure. So I think if NIL was in, a lot of people, Chris Weber, those guys on the left early. You know what I'm saying? Like, Thanks. people that come from, from hard, hard beginnings. So... I like it. And like you said, there's some downsides to it too. But like anything, it's how do you navigate what it is? Like even the NBA, yes. right? In sports, we all know if we weren't in the position that we were in and some things that we may have done happen, it wouldn't be a story. But since we're in this position and we have this light on us, it's going to be talked about. So it's just about how you navigate it, how you handle it. And there's no perfect answer, but I would really love to see it. I mean, I have my own student section in Michigan. The crowd had their student section, our school, and I had a headband called the Crawford Crazies. At that time, true story, I'm not saying this to brag. I was at school with Tom Brady. I was more popular on campus than he was at that time because Drew Hansen, the quarterback, was there, and he was kind of like the guy. So, yeah, it's just crazy to see how things are formulated. That's crazy. I think uh, just, like, 
sharing a campus with Tom Brady and, and being big, like, that's mind-blowing in itself. But in, in the same sense, you're a guy that went and had the NBA career that you had, you know, a superstar in your own right. And I think, you know, when you look at, like, a lot of things in the NBA is narrative-driven. I don't think yeah. that there's a player in the NBA that played with you or against you that did not think you were a superstar. But by media terms, you know, right, the narrative wasn't that Jamal Crawford was a superstar. But there wasn't one guy that had to guard you, that played with you, played against you, that didn't think in their mind that you were a superstar. You carried yourself like that. You played like that. You put up those type numbers. And, and, and I just want to say as, as an opponent, like, bro, I appreciated you and, and everything that you brought to the game. And most importantly, bigger than anything, the love that you brought to the game of basketball. Like, people play this game, man, and they play it for because of what it can do for them. And I don't right. knock those people. But the love that you brought to the game of basketball and that you showed was good for young guys like myself. Because you get in this league, man, it's, it's so much going on. And just to see someone with a genuine love, like, it rubbed off on on myself, but it rubbed off on a lot of guys, bro. So I just want to say thank you because it was absolutely I appreciate incredible. That, bro. For real, I appreciate that. I, you know, I think when I was coming up, like it was like, man, that and one shit ain't gonna work in college. How's that gonna work? In, how you gonna get to lead with that and one style of play, right? And so I'm like, man, I'm just gonna master. I'm not trying to be fancy. I'm really just playing off an of instinct. I'm just playing. So I'm just gonna like you see Steph every day, right? Like Steph, I don't think Steph is trying to. Be fancy or so he's just playing. He's just in his own zone. That's, just just That's just how he plays, mm -hmm. right? And so for me, I just I, I navigated so much, and I'm not trying to brag whatsoever, but I think I kind of helped bring the street aspect of it, the street ball culture, to the league, and didn't change. Facts. You know what I mean? Like some people get Facts. to the league, they play one way on the playground, they play one way, right? Like for me, I was like, I'm. This is who I am. I'm gonna play the same LA Fitness or twenty thousand people. That's just what it is. So, and I'm an acquired taste. I'm not for everybody, and I get that too. And I love that because you don't want, you know, what I mean, like you don't want all the same thing. You bring a whole different aspect to the game, right? And so, mm -hmm. I'm thankful for it. I always felt confident in my skills. I always tried to do things the right way. I always loved the game. Like that was always first for me. Even being 40 years old trying to play basketball, it was just love that just pushed me. I remember when I was a kid, I was like, man, I played NBA to play in the NBA. Like, I just, I didn't care about nothing but playing. Like, I just love who, you know what I mean? And that's Absolutely. now coaching my son, right, and doing TV and talking the game gives me a whole nother life as far as, like, how I feel still connected to the game. And it's just, it's unbelievable. And I appreciate you because my son held on to the words uh, you told him in the finals as well. Like, he, he talks about it all the time. So I appreciate that, bro. Because to me, no. to him, I'm just dad. So he ain't listening to me. But, you know what I mean? Like, I appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. No, and I, you know, I, I still follow along on the internet, like, and, and, and watch all his highlights and anything that I can see. Young boy special, man. Yeah. He's special. Yeah, he gets the and, big picture. He gets the big picture. Like, I told him, I said, look, we're in this space now. They're going to rake you 500. They're going to rake you one. They're going to rake you. That's not our end game. We don't care what it is. Just stay, have tunnel vision, and we're, we're playing along. Just keep building the right way. Oh, that's incredible. What do you, what do you make? Uh, I got a couple CBA questions for you because I think yeah. one of them really, I think one of them really will hit you and it'll be the second question. But um, what do you make, number one, of the one and done rule possibly it, it's going to be changed back? Like it's going to be changed to where you can go back out of high school. Uh, what What are your sentiments around the, the one and done rule coming back? Or, or being non-existent, I say. Yeah, I would love to see it non-existent. Like, some of the greatest players we've ever seen touch a basketball have been kids that did not go to college. Mm -hmm. From LeBron James to Kobe Bryant to Kevin Garnett. Like, some of our favorite, favorite players ever were ready. You know, like, how are we gonna, who are we to say, oh, this guy's not ready? And actually, if he is ready, I want him to come learn from Draymond. I want him to come be around play. I want him to come be around Steph and Jordan and all these guys, Wiggs and all these guys, professional. I didn't learn to be a pro until I had pros around me. When I got the Oakley, when I got Scotty Pippen, when I got Rick Brussels, when I got Kendall Deal. Now, young fella, being on time is being two hours early, not eating mm -hmm. McDonald's after games, like dressing the right way, presenting yourself the right way, handling your business. And, and I think even if they're not technically, quote unquote, ready to contribute on the court day one, their acceleration process would be 
so much faster. Think about Luca. Like these dudes have been playing against pros for for years. So when they are actually playing against pros, come on, bro. So when he's now they're actually playing against pros, the transition is somewhat smoother. The, that shot value's gone. The first time I jumped on the court in the preseason, I played against Latrell Sprewell. And I was like, damn, that's free. You know what I mean? And just the, yeah. that stuff is gone by the time they get there, if, they, if it's handled the right way. And that's why I think vets are so important. Vets are invaluable. Vets yes. help set careers. Vets help the next 10 or 15 years after they're gone for what, it, what you're doing with your foundation and your organization. 100%. And I, I was a guy lucky to have great vets. I had Jermaine O'Neal, Jared Jack. David yes. Lee, Carl Landry, Bogey. Like, I had guys that really showed me the way. Richard Jefferson. And it, it was huge for me. And, and right. that's it's funny that you just said that because it actually leads into my next question, which is, I personally think, and the CBA, I think the CBA um, hurt guys like yourself, whereas all the teams start going younger because mm-hmm. the minimums was less and, and the money was less. Cheap and labor. the tax yeah. situations, exactly. Right. And so teams start going younger and start cutting vets out. I think we're now starting to see the um, the repercussions of that. Yeah. I talked to Andre mm-hmm. uh, a few, not, not long ago, and Andre said, man, basketball has gotten so dumb so fast. And I think, and that's in large part due to the CBA and vets getting cut out and not being able to teach young guys the way. And I also think it affected you towards the end of your career, whereas you could still go out and get 20 on any given night and yet not getting signed due to a tax situation from a team. So uh, what do you make of that and how the CBA kind of start cutting vets out of the league? It's this hardening one. Uh, and I would have said this if I was in my prime. Like because mm-hmm. I just know the effect that that that's playing. They're invaluable. If if I want to be a better photographer, how can I not? And I have Andy Bernstein who shoots for the NBA and shot for four years saying, mm-hmm. "I'll mentor you. I'll show you the way. I'll help you." If I'm going to Microsoft and Steve Ballmer's there at the time, how am I? Not, and he's saying, "I want to help your career." Those. How can we not take that knowledge? So Facts. now the best that come in if they're not coming to your team or teams that have been around for a while, their vet is twenty three. What's he going to show that 21-year-old? Like, like, what are we talking about? And, and it's hurting basketball because, like you said. And now as a coach especially, because I'm so into it, right? Like, it's crazy. But now as a coach, seeing good basketball is like coaches porn for me. Good, giving up a good one to a great one. Seeing the IQ, seeing the read, seeing the – I tell my team, I said, man, y'all understand? Golden State is like organized chaos. They say in random so much. You can't play random unless you have – Dre is a, a quarterback, and you have Steph and these guys making split-second decisions where it's almost like it's so random, but it's so organized, but you can't play that way if you don't have a high IQ. You can't play with them. But that's the beauty in it. You know what I mean? Like, you can't. It's Absolutely. almost like if you're, if you're, like, with Pacino and De Niro in the movie, right? And they got a script, but they just start averaging and they're going off each other. That's where the magic happens, the beauty in it, right? And that's what you guys yeah. do. And these young Fellas will never understand that if they don't have vets, like, breaking down film with them. I have vets. Scotty Pippen used to watch film with me. He would break down, like, look, this is what you're looking at. You should be looking at that. You should be looking at that. I'm like, oh, okay. And there's joy in that because that's some things we've never been taught with the AAU system. Not really care about wins and losses because you're playing four games a day. Not care because you're getting so much attention at, at, at 10 years old. Right? Like, so it's just a whole, like, system. I'm scared, to be honest with you, if vets aren't in the game or around the game, calling shots in the organization what the next 10 to 15 years look like. Facts. No, I agree, man. Just so y'all know, listening to this podcast, there will be a part two because there's no oh, way this conversation. I got, yeah. I got a couple questions for you. Can I ask you a couple questions? Absolutely. Because this we, we running this back. I'm not going to even try to get to every question. No, Jay no, Crossover hey, just took the job on TNT. I, we got to do a part two. But, team, yeah, hey, I would love we, the question. My question for you is, and, and I'm torn because... I know you guys have a switch. I do. You guys know it. Are you guys going off of that? Like, we know we have a switch because what I'm seeing is sometimes you guys, like last night, you hit the switch and you can do it for spurts, but you guys have enough energy to sustain it and be able to do it. That's part one. And then the second part is if you can hit that switch, I still have you guys in the playoffs. I still have you guys come out the way. Like, so is it the regular season versus the playoffs in that switch? Frank, give me inside the locker room. What's going on? What do you think? Uh, 
I think we definitely know and understand that we have a switch, but mm -hmm. our struggles this year hasn't been because we're not flicking the switch. Um, okay. Our struggles have been, and by the way, this is why you are who you are. This is why you, you're great when I watch you on TV and you're going to continue to get better. Is because you you can get people to say things that they probably wouldn't say to anyone else. And so here I am about to say something that I would not say to anyone else. On the Draymond Green show, don't forget, tap in. <laughs> Gotta tap in. <laughs> which is, I think a lot of our um, shortcomings this year is my fault. Why is it my fault? Because I have not been the leader that I am and that I need to be for this team. And the reason that I have not been that leader is also my fault, right? Like, I think we all know what happened with your young Wolverine brother, um, JP. And so for me, I've kind of had to walk a fine line of not really being Draymond. And when I'm not really being myself, that's not the best thing for this team. And so where, where we've struggled is accountability. And... And, 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 and accountability on the defensive end, accountability on the offensive end. You know the accountability that it takes to have a winning team. And right. that's my role on this team. And I fell short in that area. And there's something that, that's something that I have to be better at, that I have to get back. But when I look at our struggles, it's not just because we haven't flipped the switch. No, it's because guys haven't been, I being the number one corporate, who they need to be in fulfilling their roles on this team. And like I said, I'm number one because it all starts with leadership. And, and although I'm not the only leader on this team, that's my area of leadership. See, I lead, yeah. Steph lead, yeah. Andre lead, Clay, but we all lead in different areas. Different ways, and that's, right? Yeah, and that's my area of leadership, and I have fell short there. So I don't think it's necessarily a um, like we just not flipping the switch. I think it's more so we have to really dive in on those things, starting with me. I have to be better at holding guys accountable and not stay hostage to the preseason situation. You know, don't, don't let it hold me hostage because in turn it's going to hold this team hostage. So I have to come out of that. And I've I'm, I'm been working to come out of that. And I'm starting to turn a corner. And I feel like when I turn a corner there, it will allow everyone else to turn a corner. And so that's, that's what I feel has been wrong. And I don't think it's just a flip. Although we can't flip it, I don't think it's been that. I think it's been accountability and it's all my fault. I think what you just said, and that's why you are who you are. Because there's so many stars, superstars, Hall of Famers who don't hold that accountability. Especially self-accountability. Because all... The most honest moments come when it's you and God. Man. Facts. You know, because you can't lie to either one. Facts. And what you just did right there is exactly why you guys will put this with. That's the perfect way to impart with. I don't know what you got going later on tonight, but we need this part two today. I don't know what you got we going We can do later. that today. You let me know your schedule. We'll hop back on tonight, but we still going to send it out to y'all. Part one and part two. And just so y'all yes, know, we going to shoot it tonight. I appreciate you, my brother. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.